Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. Welcome into the Inside Carolina podcast, special edition Showtime Camp late night podcast. I'm your host, Ross Martin, alongside Inside Carolina's recruiting guru, Don Callahan. What's up, Don? Not much. We're actually almost literally alongside each other. Yeah, we're, we're in the same building, but in separate rooms so that there's no um, audio issues. But we're in our offices here at 11.55 after putting together the, the scoop from the Showtime camp and getting up all our, our content and, and intel items up. Um, yeah, so what do you think about the camp in general, Don? Well, uh, well, first, let me just say this, you know, Buck always gets on to us about the energy of the podcast, and this is probably going to be our uh, least energetic podcast just because of the fact of the time and the fact that we spend all day long uh, working this camp. But uh, yeah, I mean, um, you know, generally a good night. It was definitely different from the uh, the freak show, um, but plenty of recruits there. Uh, you know, it was a whole day event as opposed to just like a night thing. Um, I mean, I, I enjoyed it. I mean, you, you've done plenty of freak shows. I think you've done all of the freak shows, really. So uh, you're just as much of a guru on this stuff as I am. Yeah, I mean, I would say definitely different than what we witnessed under Larry Fedora at the freak show. Um, it, it didn't seem – there were definitely you know a lot of talent and a lot of big-time players, but it didn't have that hype, as much hype as I thought. Um, you know, they didn't build up the freak show theme. Uh, no, no nicknames on their written onto their arms, all that kind of stuff. Um, no, no um, NFL players coming in, and and I think that's really kind of contributed to the lack of like hype for it because um, you know when you have Trey Boston with uh, what do you have the the police tape he would bring out after oh, yeah. uh, the big stop, which was great, and Eric Ebron who was hyping things up and Trubisky um, so I, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Trubisky kind of just stands there, but I mean, obviously, he's you know. Uh, more, uh, I guess, a symbol than than actually adding to the energy like Ebron and, and Trey Boston would do. But yeah, there's that, and I don't know. I don't know if it was just because it was not in the um, in Keenan Stadium, which obviously wasn't an option because of the, the field situation. But um, there definitely was um, you know a little difference to to this compared to to the freak show. A little not. I don't know if I want to say less energetic. Cause I don't think that's fair, but. Um, there was something missing to it for sure. Yeah, a little less hype, less whatever energy, but I don't think it was any less effective. I think it, you still no. achieved by getting the players you needed on campus and, and working them out and, and getting plenty of exposure to the coaches. Um, yeah, so I thought from that perspective, it was very good. Um, anything else in terms of kind of painting the picture for our listeners to kind of see what it was like? Like, what was it like, uh, you know, during the day leading up to the event, things like that? Yeah, well, we'll cover a lot of this stuff later on in the week with the weekly scoop. But um, you know, the the idea was basically taken from the Big Cat weekend that Auburn has been doing for as long as I can remember, and you know that's a lot. That's because Billy High, who's now the director of recruiting in North Carolina, that's where he came from. He spent the past two seasons there, so so um, they obviously added some of that on there and. Um, you know, other than that, I mean, making it the full day and then having just kind of the um, the different events like uh, that they had beforehand, um, that that's what I really, I guess, the main differences from it. But um, 
you know, they, they had the top recruits there that they wanted to, or most of the top recruits that they wanted there. And they also got a couple commitments and which we'll talk about more later on the podcast. But um, yeah, I mean, for the most part, I think it, it accomplished what UNC wanted to accomplish minus a couple of guys who, who uh, they wish were here, who were supposed to be here. For sure. And it took place, like you said, in the indoor practice facility. They had a dinner afterwards, which was different. Um, you know, kind of the layout with, with position drills was, was similar. A good portion of it was one-on-ones at the end, which was similar to last year as well. Um, and sometimes Fedoras try to get commitments kind of in a dramatic ending. It wasn't like that at all. I think the two commitments happened after the camp, or one would happen during the day, then what happened um, kind of right after the camp, kind of in a, a more low-key style. But um, definitely well, the you With Fedora, with the whole, like, who's next thing, he changed that a bunch because of just um... – some unintended consequences from, from, um, you know, guys committing who weren't expected to commit and everything like that. And cause I think the last couple of years he didn't really do that, right. but, um, but yeah. So sure. I mean, even that was kind of being changed throughout. Okay. So we're gonna get some more details now. Um, we're going to talk about the standout players and Don's going to provide his top five players from the camp. And then following that, we're going to go in more depth into the two commitments uh, Jefferson Boaz and Dontavius Nash. Um, a lot of people don't know that Don Callahan's full name is actually Dontavius Callahan. Okay. Um, but first, I want to talk about Johnny T-Shirt, our, our loyal sponsor uh, of the Inside Carolina podcast. They're online at johnnytshirt.com. It's on Franklin Street and a Chapel Hill tradition for over 35 years. Locally owned and alumni owned and the best place to get your UNC gear, sweatshirts, hats, um, little toys, dolls, shirts, anything you need to get um, you know, locked up for UNT football and basketball season. They're the best customer service. You can visit the store on game days right on Franklin Street. And remember that all IC subscribers get 10% off the discount code found on the Tar Pit and UNC basketball premium message boards. Um, of course, Father's Day is today. We're recording it right about midnight. But looking ahead to other uh, Christmas gifts, things like that, birthdays, great place. That's Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com. All right, Don. So, you know, we've kind of broadly painted a picture of what the Showtime camp was like. We've gained some initial takeaways, the vibe, and, and what how it's different from previous camps under Larry Fedora. But what were your standout players? What, what would you kind of take away from this camp from a prospect um, analysis perspective? Before I get into that, we probably need to and probably overdue for us to mention that we have a full camp scoop report on the front page of Inside Carolina as we are speaking. And probably when you listen to this, it'll probably still be up there. Um, so we go much more in depth on on these guys I'm about to mention and then some and also some recruiting updates on the, the guys that are there. So definitely check that out. But yeah, so you know, I'm going to start out with... Um, my number five guy. This is this is a special top five, by the way. We, we, you know, those who are regular listeners to this podcast know that uh, we do a top five every week and, and ask for user submissions. This week, with it being a special uh, podcast, um, I'm the only one providing the top five, obviously. So, number five, Malik McGowan, offensive lineman. You know, the thing with him is that a lot of people, I guess. Um, you know, talk about his weight as being a huge negative, but I feel like every time I see him, he's actually slimming down, which is good, but he still, still needs um, to lose a little bit more weight. But even at the weight that he's at, he moves so well. And because of um, 
that way. He's so powerful, so difficult to move, and he used all of those tools to uh, really stand out during during one on ones. Um, stonewalled a couple of uh, of uh, defensive tackles uh, during the one on ones, but uh, even the faster, quicker guys, he did a really good job of staying in front of them. And then, I mean, once he gets his hands on it on a D lineman, it, it, it's over. Number four for me is a is a guy. Let me break. Let me go in sure. there a little bit. I mean, I watched him a little bit. Uh, obviously, one of the best offensive attack offensive linemen there. I think he's a little under ranked. You uh, twenty four seven Sports has him at nine fifty four in the nation, sixty offensive guard and twenty nine in state. I mean, I think he deserves more like top twenty in state type player. Um, six four, six three and a half, three hundred and forty seven is what twenty four seven Sports has has him listed. Do you think he could be a guy who jumps up in the rankings? I don't know because I think that a lot of people, you know, they watch his film, they like his film, but then they look at his weight and they're like, "Oh wow, he needs to lose a lot of weight." But I don't, I don't think a lot of those people have had the the benefit of actually seeing him in person and seeing how well he moves even with that weight. And and again, I know that he needs to lose that weight, and he will once he gets into a a college strength and conditioning program. Um, but for those and and you you know the people who who do the the rankings and. You know they do a really good job, but it's it's difficult for them to to see these guys as much as you know to see the in-state guys as much as we see them. Um, but uh, and in that capacity, and kind of be able to kind of discount certain things, such as being being overweight. So and I I don't think um, you know he if he was going to jump up, and he did jump up a little bit uh, after the the, the uh, opening regional in Charlotte. Um, that that was going to probably be his last opportunity, truly because he's not a guy who's going to go on and, and play in the Under Armour All-American game or, or the uh, the other All-American game. Cool. All right, number four. Number four is actually a guy that we're going to hear a lot about coming up, um, is uh, 2020 wide receiver uh, Shalik Knott, the guy we ran a story on a couple months ago. Um, I mean, he just he looks like a senior. If, if, if I didn't tell you he was a 2022 guy, uh, you um, – you would think that he was a senior, um, you know, great size, um, good length, um, really good tracking the ball, uh, seemed to catch everything possible. And even after uh, after one of his his grabs, he somehow I, I didn't see it. Turn my head for a second. Somehow dis- dislocated um, either his shoulder or or his or his something. Uh, something wasn't looking right. And his his uh, his hand was limp, but he uh, he looked he looked really good. Good stuff. Number three. Number three is a receiver that we're starting to hear a lot more about. Gavin Blackwell is a, is a four-star wide receiver from the 2021 class. He's a guy that uh, uh, played with Sam Howell last year, well, the last couple of years at uh, Sun Valley High School. Uh, I mean, he's a guy that just makes – yeah, he, he seems like he's having fun out there. And because of that, he makes some spectacular grabs, doesn't take it a whole, whole – you know – doesn't take it very seriously, not in a bad way, in a good way, where he's just out there having fun, will make the big grab, you'll laugh about it, joke about it, um, even talks a little friendly trash, kind of like the trash, like like a Chad Johnson, Ocho Cinco, you know, trash talker, um, whereas, you know, you don't hate the guy, you actually like him, but uh, made a lot of big plays out there, so a lot of catches that, that got some oohs and ahs. Stuff number two? Number two is um, someone who, I guess, you know, People probably expected him to be on this list. Desmond Evans, five-star defensive end from um, Lee County in North Carolina, about 30 minutes away from Chapel Hill. Uh, you know, I mean, he's uh, was probably the tallest, one of the tallest there. I guess uh, Jefferson Boaz probably had him by by an inch or so. But uh, just a 
physically good looking kid. And if that wasn't enough to make him stand out, he had this um, army fatigue hoodie on underneath that just kind of added to his uh, mystique. But yeah. I mean, the kid, the kid is just, I mean, he, he's super fast coming off the edge, unbelievably fast coming off the edge. He bends really well coming off the edge, which is so hard to, to stop. And, but then he also kind of, pulled out a couple of uh, of nice uh, pass rush moves on some uh, offensive linemen. I don't think that they were expecting it because of the fact that they probably watched the, the prior couple of uh, reps with him just running around guys. But, I mean, he was just unstoppable on on uh, you know, one-on-ones. Yeah, I agree. I, I watched him a lot. Hadn't seen him play before. And, yeah, coming off the edge, off the corner with that length, super quick. You could, I mean, a, you could tell why he's ranked so high and why he's one of the best players in the nation. All right, and number one. My number one, <laughs> Jacoby Cresswell. Uh, I, I was super impressed by him. I mean, I, I can't, I guess, uh, emphasize that enough. I mean, he's a uh, uh, good-looking kid, really well-built, um, almost kind of has a like build, almost like a, a Russell Wilson sort of thing where he looks like a running back, looks like he could take some abuse. And it's actually surprising that, that um, considering just his size and just his, his, uh, his build, that, that he actually missed a good portion of his junior season because of an injury. Um, and they were so afraid of him getting re-injured that they didn't have him run a whole lot during his junior season. But, um, but in addition to that, I mean, he just, just, it just seems like throwing the ball is so easy for him. And he's just tossing it just, you know, wherever it needs to be, whatever type of pass, if it needs to be a touch pass, if he needs to put some zip on it on a shorter route, he just seems able to do it. And the beauty of it is if you just watch him, you can't tell how far that ball is going because it's, everything's just so effortless. And he just, just like tossing darts just uh, down the field. And, and again, just puts exactly where the, uh, the receiver needs it to be. Good stuff. Yeah, I mean, he, he looked apart. Uh, you know, certainly not a tall player, I noticed, but definitely has the, an athletic build as well. Um, what do you think about Drake May? I mean, I think that's a guy that uh, a lot of just general UNC fans would be interested in. Obviously, the brother of UNC basketball player Luke May and the, and the son of Mark May played football at UNC. Um, what do you think of how, how um, Drake May performed on Saturday? Yeah, I mean, the thing with him, and I've felt this way at a couple of different camps, is just the consistency isn't, isn't there. I mean, you'll, show, so you'll see him throw a great pass and, um, you know, in, a, in a small window, just kind of zips it in there. And then you'll see a pass right afterwards that, um, you know, it's just, not, it's just not what you want to see out of a quarterback of his caliber. But he certainly has the tools. And when, he, when he's on, he's on, you know, but... Uh, even when he's off, he's he's probably better than most of the quarterbacks um, that you, you'll see. Um, but you just want to you would want to see that consistent consistency um, a lot stronger than what it is right now. But he has all the tools. He can throw it down the field. He can make all the throws. He really can. Um, he's a smart kid, tall, good size, good vision. Uh, you know, has natural, um, I guess, feel for the game and all that sort of stuff. But uh, yeah, the consistency is something that I would like to see improved. And he and he has. He has got what, two two more high school seasons to get that in line, and I think, you know, the unfortunate thing about him is when you, you know, it feels like he's been around forever, and yet he still has two more two more years of high school football and two more years to get better. Yeah, it's wild. I mean, his he plays for Myers Park, and his receivers are uh, Moose Muhammad and um, Porter Rooks, and yeah, but, and Dre Bly's son. Uh, yeah, who's going to be who? I think well. 
I, I think he'll get some offers, Dre Blyson, Jordan Bly. He also had a really good night. I mean, he's he, just like Gavin Blackwell. I mean, Jordan Bly had some catches that really, really, um, um, you know, drew some praise from, from the crowd for sure. But, uh, you know, going back to Drake, Drake's going to put up some unbelievable numbers this year um, for sure with, with, with those receivers. Yeah, I mean, unbelievable. You have a, you got to have, you know, it really helps. Obviously, it helps really have some talented receivers, but a really good quarterback combined with that. I mean, that's how about, you're going to have a nasty uh, statistical uh, season. Good stuff. Um, any honorable mention guys or, or particular guys you want to speak on? There, there are a lot of UNC commit there, commits there. I don't think you've mentioned any of those except for Jacoby Criswell. So, um, I mean, comments on, on, on Ray Greer, Lamar and James? Or, yeah, I mean, uh, um, I think Josh you Downs. Could- well, Downs, um, he only played half of the, the camp because of, I think he said he had a, a groin and a hamstring issue, so he didn't do the one-on-ones. And that's usually the, the best as far as, like, who stands out. That's what you want to see because that's the competition part. But um, uh, Greer looked good, as usual. The same sort of thing where where he's just unbelievably naturally talented, has, has a lot of skills, but you could tell that, that he's – he um, is not very polished. And a lot of that is because he plays in a triple option offense that only throws the ball when they absolutely have to. So he's, I mean, even in practice, he's not really practicing receiver. I've, I've seen practice, you know, they're not doing a whole lot of throwing the ball to him, even in practice. So, um, but, but yeah, he's the one who deserves um, some mention. Um, Jefferson Boas, I, I thought, um, yeah, very similar, you know, where he's very, very raw as a, as a, um, a route runner, um, but I mean he's played all over the field for his high school, so that's that's why that is. But he's you know natural uh, catcher, um, just seems to just you know effortlessly kind of catch the ball. Very very soft hands, uh, made a lot of big plays, but uh, the route running is needs to be a little bit sharper, and that will come with time. That's that's easy fix for sure. Good stuff. Um, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back to talk about the two commitments that UNC received on Saturday night at the Showtime camp mtv's official challenge podcast is back for another season and so are we i'm tori deal and i'm anisa ferreira the wait is over guys all stars four is finally here and this season takes it to a whole new level old school legends modern power players and ex-lovers are all competing in cape town south africa for the prize of three hundred thousand dollars and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast listen to mtv's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts and we're back don uh unc got two commitments which is expected at these kind of big camps especially in june um and the first one, I think, happened during the day, but wasn't announced until after the camp. The second one happened shortly after camp. Let's go with one, which one, the one that we reported first. Uh, Dontavius Nash, a 2021 athlete slash safety. Um, what can you tell us about him, his recruitment, what it means for UNC, and what type of player he is? Well, you know, it's, it's huge for the fact that it gets the 2021 class rolling. And it gets it rolling in a big way with a four-star recruit a guy who uh, was definitely getting looks throughout the region from some of the top programs for sure. And, um, you know, it's a guy that uh, would immediately help out UNC secondary, I believe in a, in a couple of years, because he's just like we were talking about Drake may, I mean, uh, Dontavious Nash is two more years of high school football, but I mean, he's already, he's another guy who looks physically mature. I mean, looks like physically like he's a, a senior. Um, he's, a, he's definitely a safety. 
But if you watch his film, you see that uh, he has the ability to cover. I mean, he's not a guy that you want covering receivers one-on-one throughout the entire game. But if in certain situations, if you need to, him to, um, to, to take out a receiver, he certainly can. Uh, he has great ball skills, good size, good length. Uh, he's, uh, he loves to contribute and run support. I mean, he really has um, um, everything you're looking for in, in that safety position for sure. Good stuff. In his recruitment, is there anything significant or noteworthy about how UNC recruited him or, or special? No, I mean, I think in hindsight, this seems like a no-brainer because uh, if you've been following Inside, Car- Inside Carolina, you know that he attended many, almost all of UNC's home games last fall. Um, and there was, there's a lot of UNC fans that can't say that. Um, and uh, so so looking at that, you know, it kind of like in hindsight, like, oh, wow, we should have known that he was going to commit. And I think that I think that most people kind of figured eventually he would. I don't think um, this soon it was a little bit surprising. But he mentioned the fact that that um, with each visit, he was kind of moving closer and closer to making a commitment to North Carolina and the uh, the Showtime camp. Just the full day, actually, um, of all the events just kept on building and building and building until the end of it. And he was like, you know what? I want to do this, and he went up to Mac Brown right after the camp and, and committed. Good stuff, and that's a six foot two, hundred and seventy pound athlete. He's going to play safety, likely at UNC. Twenty four seven Sports has him ranked as the two hundred twenty fifth player in the nation, the number twenty athlete, and the number fifteenth player in the state. Twenty four seven Sports has him as a four star. Does not have a composite ranking yet out of uh, Hunter Huss High School in Gastonia, North Carolina. So an in state guy, um, and some great stuff. Great quote quotes from him from the commitment interview uh, that took place. Uh, we posted shortly after. All right, the next guy, Jefferson Boaz, uh, he committed, I think, during the day uh, to Mac Brown, but then made it public. Shortly after, he left the camp. Uh, 6'8", 230-pound jumbo athlete from East Surrey High School in Pilot Mountain, North Carolina. Uh, not Does not have a 24-7 sports composite because I don't think other services have him ranked, but under 24-7 sports, he's a pretty low-ranked guy, uh, the 112th athlete and the uh, 1,458th player in the nation. So definitely not a highly-ranked kid, but certainly a, uh, a guy with a lot of physical tools. What can you tell us about what Jefferson Boas can bring, his recruitment, and why he picked UNC? Well, he's a big athlete for sure, You know, as you mentioned, his height. Um, but he's also very athletic for that size. And uh, you know, at his high school, he's played quarterback, tight end, um, defensive end, and I think even a little bit of, of linebacker. So that just kind of speaks to the, uh, the level of athleticism he has. Uh, for much of his recruitment, he actually was kind of trying to find a place that, um, that would take him as, as a quarterback. And there were some Appalachian State offered him as a quarterback. But I think ultimately North Carolina was, was going to be his selection regardless of what was happening. I think, though, he didn't want to um, – just select North Carolina just because that's what his initial, I guess, instincts told him. He wanted to make sure he he did his due diligence and visited other schools, see what they had to offer before jumping on the the, the wagon. Um, but you mentioned good comments. I mean, if you wanna if you wanna read some really positive UNC comments, definitely read the the Q and A story that we got from him. Really, um, just great kid. Um, you know, he says a lot of really good things. A lot of um, you know, great quotes in that in that Q and A for sure. Good stuff. So two commitments for UNC. Um, what does that bring their total to for the twenty twenty class? 
It's gone. I think it's, yeah. uh, it's 16 it or right 17. Sorry to put you on the spot there. No, uh, it's fine. Bash is the first of the 21 class. UNC has 16 commits now for the 2020 class. Ranked number nine in the nation and number three in the ACC. I think they jumped a team in the ACC um, with the commitments of uh, with 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 Jefferson Boaz committing. All right. Well, I mean, that's about it, Don. Is there anything you want to add? Uh, it's yeah, a little bit quicker what, of a. Uh, yeah, just one more thing I wanted to add. This is a little bit separate from the from the Showtime camp, but uh, just before, and this is not great news, but we'll leave it at the end. So that's fine. But the the Timothy Lawson commitment to Louisville was kind of, um, I think it caught a lot of people off guard um, considering the information that was out there and the fact that he said that Louisville had been unseated by North Carolina after he took the official visit. Um, you know, I know you're not a guru and you're not into this sort of stuff, but I know that you um, were aware of this situation. Were you, were you surprised also? I got a, I was, I had information that he was going to commit to UNC, but it was bad information. Uh, and it seems like he had kind of swindled you a little bit with his comments as well. He did. He did. I, th- <laughs> I think he swind- swindled a lot of people. And, um, you know, it, it, it's definitely a surprise considering all the facts, even that, that even what we know now with, with the whole situation. But uh, it it actually kind of started off the day and not a great, great spot for North Carolina. But, you know, UNC rebounded and then there's two commitments. For sure. And I think one thing to, to note about the Showtime camp, and this is pretty usual for these camps, but a large majority of the community there, Elijah Burris, Cedric Gray, Malik McGowan, Lamar and James, um, John Cooperhaven was injured, but he was there in support. Tyler Kraft was there, Ray Greer, Jacoby Criswell, Ethan West, the linebacker was there, Josh Downs, and Cameron uh, Roseman Sinclair, and also the newest addition, Jefferson Boas. So good representation from the 2020 class um, for, for tonight's um, Showtime camp. Anything else, Don? Things about it for us, for me. Yeah, yeah. I know you're ready to get out of here. So am I. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for listening to the Inside Carolina podcast, the special edition of the Showtime camp recap uh, brought to you by Giant T-Shirt. We'll see you guys later. Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by T-Shirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase.